hey, your life was out of control. So you try to control. Yeah. If that translates into your kids, all you're going to do is have kids that can't think for themselves. Yeah. Are, are scared. They need you to tell them what to do all the time. And they do everything to avoid punishment, to avoid your controlling. Everything starts with our thoughts. Thoughts dictate our beliefs, which then dictate the way we treat and view the world, which then becomes our repeated being. And that is our personality, which then is our personal reality. So today I have Seth Dahl with me. He is an author, a worldwide speaker, a father, a pastor, um, and just an amazing friend and an uh, awesome guy to be around. So I really appreciate you being on here today. Yeah, thanks for uh, having I'm me. I'm excited. You're, like, you, what you do is one of like my favorite things as far as like how I feel like it's just so important for society and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just really excited having you. I tell everybody that you're probably one of my favorite people. Come um, on. Because wow. you know, I know people who like do you know amazing things in business, but like this is more like just a lot more important. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm um, just kind of get get it started. Um. Okay. I I wanted to kind of you talk a little bit about, um, just kind of your upbringing, um, kind of what your past looked like and how that kind of brought you to where you're at today, like yeah. what you're doing and everything. Um, yeah. So everybody knows what you're what you're kind of doing. Yeah, I grew up in Iowa in a single mm. parent home. So my parents got divorced when I was one years old, mm. and. Yeah, just growing up with my mom. Uh, went I, She was a Christian, so she put me in a Christian school, took me to church all the time. So I grew up in that kind of a world as well. But, you know, I got years of pain mm. happening um, and all of that. And so at some point, I just went off the rails completely. And I think we'll get into that. But, you know, it's like I got into drugs, got into a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Just all the stuff that comes with that. And then um, Jesus found me, mm -hmm. and I ended up realizing I need to help kids. Mm. I think I think I discovered that had had my childhood been different, my life would be different. Mm. And so I started working with kids for a long time, wow. and and then started to realize, wow. I worked with kids in the church, so I did a lot of stuff in churches, but realizing like, wow, if this doesn't actually get into the home, if the family that's doesn't true. change, then are we really making the impact that we could? That's so true. that's kind of the journey. It started with my own pain, mm. my own wounding, and then all the stuff that came with it back into, well, what am I going to do yeah. about this now? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what do you feel like... Um, was like, at least for you in your home, that kind of made you, caused you all this pain, that kind of made you go down that, that, that uh, path? I think not having a dad mm. in the home was pretty, you know, you just kind of feel like you're on your own. Yeah. You're by yourself. Yeah. Um, mom is there, but, so I think that was a huge deal. I think also, you know, growing up in the, in the Christian world, mm -hmm. it was quite religious yeah, a lot I of times. And so... You know, you just had like perform, perform, mm -hmm. perform. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You're also performing for acceptance. You're performing for love. You're performing to try to find, you know, try to meet the need that's already not there. Yeah. And so you just eventually it just becomes a bad cycle. And yeah. I think that's it. You know, at some point I was like, man, I need something yeah. else. I don't yeah. know. It was none of it was logical. It was more yeah, yeah. like. Yeah, how'd I get into drugs? Yeah. I, I was curious, but I was yeah. also hurting, True. you know, and yeah. they felt really good. So Yeah, yeah. And I remember you saying that so you started smoking cigarettes at the age of ten. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then from there, that kind of just like became a slippery slope for you. Yeah. Um, and then you started doing drugs and then selling them. Yeah. Uh, how did you kind of get in that? Like, what was it? Like, was it your environment? Was it because you were in pain and kind of vulnerable? What was that like? Well, I mean, I th- it sounds really cliche, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was the music I was listening to. Mm. Like, I literally remember going to a friend. He mm-hmm. went to a public school. I went to a Christian school. I went to him and I said, bro. We are listening to like Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. Doctor. Back when they first came out, right? Yeah, yeah. We're listening to these guys, N.W.A., Eminem. Mm-hmm. Well, this was before Eminem, and we're like, my, I said, they're all talking about smoking weed, and we've yeah. never tried it. Why don't we yeah, try yeah. this? And he's like, bro, what? Huh? I'm like, <laughs> let's let's try this. Yeah, yeah. And so he figured out how to get us some because oh, I went to the Christian school. Yeah. He gets us some weed. <laughs> we I, so some of it was like. I think the music was affecting yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I mean, the words I'm hearing, the yeah. things I'm repeating and saying over myself are becoming what I want to try. I'm becoming mm. more and more, more curious. Like, what is this? Why yeah. do people love this? What's the big deal? And then I try it, and I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. Yeah. Now we're we're doing this. So, you know, first time I smoked weed, though, I got caught at school <laughs> and expelled. At your Christian school? At my Christian oh, school. Man. So my dad's like, hey, you either get straight A's in homeschool and mm-hmm. get a job or you're going to military school. I was like, oh, well, I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I was too scared, right? <laughs> I know you're in the military, so I'm like, kind of wish sometimes I would have. But, yeah, yeah. but I was so scared that I'm like, I'm just going to homeschool and do this and yeah. get a job. And mm. So that's what I did. I tried to get back, back performing better. Yeah. And then at 21, you know, we'd been smoking weed the whole time since then, basically. But at 21 years old, our guy we got weed from is like, I don't have any, but I can get you some Coke. So mm. we got Coke. I, my friend, the way he introduced it, he's like, bro, we can get way more high mm-hmm. and make way more money than we are mm. right now. I'm like, all right, let's try it. So we snored all this Coke, and mm. that was it. I From then on, I was totally... A coke snorter. Yeah, from, yeah you're hooked. I yeah. just wanted to snort coke. Yeah, that's yeah. all I wanted to do. Yeah, and yeah. then after a little while, our guy that was getting this coke's like, no mm-hmm. coke. I've only got meth. So now we're trying meth because okay. then our friend, my friend's like, bro, we can make more money. Yeah. And get more high. Because oh. this lasts longer. So like, all right. So now we're snorting meth, mm. and then ecstasy shows up. Acid shows up, mm. and ecstasy was kind of like everyone's scared. You know, yeah. it hadn't even come to Iowa really then. It was brand new. And so we're like, all we know is it's supposed to eat Swiss cheese holes in your head, in oh, your brain. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. So we're like, this is not good, but we want to try it. Mm-hmm. I snorted one pill of ecstasy, and that was it. Oh, so wow. for for probably a year mm. straight, that's wow. all I did was ecstasy, mixing it with Coke, all of this. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. started with... yeah. The music, the words, mm. the thoughts going on in my head, yeah, yeah. being curious, and then, oh, we can get more high and make more money. Yeah, oh, yeah. we can get more high and make more money. Oh, we can, yeah, let's yeah. try this. And it just became this horrible downward spiral Yeah. till yeah, yeah. I'm just messing with everything and yeah. not, it's not like, well in the head. Yeah, it's, it's what it's, I kind of see a trend of like just like, almost like casual, um, like casually just 
kind of crossing your moral line. Yes. Okay, well, it's just this time or, or just, well, we can do this. And so and then it just starts to escalate. It's never that one decision where you, right. you never go from, oh, being like, you know, right. smoking cigarettes, just doing like crack. You yes, know? Like it's never exactly. like that. It's always like a, uh, just these decisions of, of like, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. Um, what do you feel like would be the, would have been the difference for you if you did have, you know, your, your father present um, during these kind of moments? What do you think, like, would have made the difference for you? I think I would have felt like I could at least ask for help mm. more if I needed it. I think I would have had more eyeballs on me, mm. kind of like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. You're not doing well. That's true. I think I would have felt more loved. Mm. You know, in some sense, all of this comes down yeah. to, like, I'm trying to be loved and accepted i'm trying to Mm -hmm. i'm trying to figure out how to feel good about me Mm -hmm. and so i think you know there would have been a deeper sense of i'm loved i'm watched out for Mm -hmm. i'm cared for yeah and i have someone in my corner that i can ask for help and i kind of think that's a huge part otherwise Mm -hmm. i you know it's like you're all alone that's true sort of that's true and that's probably why you were like kind of leaning towards doing these things with your friends because that's probably where you found that or at least you thought you found it yeah, because um, that's what I it's a trend with a lot of like people that I grew up with is they find um, that that like sense of acceptance and like love yeah. from either gangs or, or a group of people that no, don't necessarily have the best intention for yes. them. But because that's where they find it, yeah. they, they, they uh, do whatever it is, you know, they go down, they do the, whatever it takes to keep that. Um, that love and, and that actual attention or something. Yeah. So whatever it is that they, they're trying to fill. Yes. Um, and that's, that's a big thing. Um, and I kind of want to talk a little bit about it um, is, you know, in the issue within at least America of, of fatherlessness, yeah. you know, what is that? What do you feel like that, how that impacts our, our life and our society? I think it's huge. You know, there's that school. I don't remember where it's at right now. There's a school that mm-hmm. they were having all these fights break out. This is recent, like within the last few months. Yeah. Yeah. And all these dads were like, we're just going to go hang out at school. So they just go to the school, hang out. They're telling dad jokes. They're messing with the kids. They're like, get get in class. You know, just messing with them kind of, but they're present. And just their presence Mm. stopped all the fights. It transformed the whole school. And so I think there's that. I think it would dramatically change Mm. our country if there was dad's present. And I think there's a lot of factors working against that, you know? Yeah. We got... The TV's not trying to promote dads. True. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. The government yeah, has they, systems yeah. that That's true, almost yeah. help single parents mm-hmm. so much that it's, an it's better to not mm-hmm. have a dad in the home. Than, yeah. Yeah, so there's... I think, I think it would dramatically impact. Yeah. Just a father figure mm-hmm. in the home yeah. would help. Now, the more present they become, 100%, the yeah. more loving they become... Yeah. it would just multiply from there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's good. And I, I agree. Cause I, I didn't really grow up with a dad um, mm-hmm. until my mom married um, my stepdad. Um, and and it, it was a big, it was a big shift. I wasn't really close with my stepdad, but the difference in not having a dad and having a, a at least a, a, a manly figure in the home yeah. um, made a, made a, a, a difference. It wasn't a huge difference because obviously there's other steps to that actually yeah. being a good father yeah, and, and totally. just, sort of just being there. Um, but uh, you know, he he was I was a step kid and I was a I was a bad kid and I didn't I didn't want his love or his right. acceptance so I was being I was being really bad you know so yeah. I didn't give him a chance until now we're 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 good now, um, but 
that's how it was for me. Like I was, I rebelled and I try to find these, um, these avenues of, of accepting um, yeah. within groups of friends or within like other people, or even for me, like other just, or even girls or whatever it was. Yeah. And, um, I found myself doing stupid things and, and it was, it was a, I, at the time I, I didn't, it's crazy by the time you don't realize it, um, yeah. but you have no one to teach you or tell you that. And I you're just know. doing this. You're just on this like path of self-destruction yeah. and you're thinking you're doing it because you know, you're cool or you want to be exactly. whatever it is. Um, oh, man. and it's crazy cause we serve, um, me and my wife and, um, uh, my brother serve, um, with our youth yeah. and it's, and it's, it's crazy for them to, to like to really see their life and how how it is without a father figure and when you kind of step in and like actually kind of have that authority on them they yeah. it shifts them in a different way because they want it you know yes they, totally they want do. it you know and that's kind of um one of the questions i want to i wanted to go to into is like why like as a kid like why do you why do we why do we need to have a father figure like why is it important for us to have an authority figure over us um because you know a lot of people you know I knew a lot of kids who grew up with parents, mm -hmm. but you know their parents weren't really present, yeah. and they were just kind of out and about doing whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's not just having them here, but it's like, why do they need to be, you know, like actually have, uh, you know, some type of authority over you in a healthy way? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's really important because it does. If you have healthy authority, it gives you a healthy perspective of authority. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people right now in the world they they didn't have any of that. So yeah. when they when they think about a boss, when they think about um, a government leader, when they think mm -hmm. about uh, somebody who's in authority, they usually don't like it. They usually don't want it. They want, they want it, and that's because they have a, probably an, just an unhealthy perspective of what authority is. Yeah. Whereas in the home, if there's a healthy authority there, you learn like mm -hmm. actually this is good. You yeah. know. Um, I, I can operate in stuff that I couldn't mm -hmm. operate in before. You know, it's like yeah. I can take my kids out there and go, guys, come on, we're gonna, I'm gonna show you how to, like just this morning, my kid is working on, he unscrewed all this stuff and he can't get it back together. I'm like, here, let me show you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm teaching him lefty loosey, righty tidy. I'm showing him, oh, you stripped the screws here and I'm getting it in and putting it together. I'm like, oh, he's operating in something that he can't figure out on his own. Why? Yeah. Cause he's under my authority. He's under my wisdom. Yeah. He's under my experience. He's under my years. And mm -hmm. so I think there's that it, it allows people mm. to move beyond where they are, mm -hmm. where they, you know, it's like my five-year-old now, okay, you just learned how to put this thing back together. Yeah. Even though you've stripped it, even though you've, you've totally taken it apart. Yeah. Now I'm showing you how to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's that's a huge part of it. Yeah. I think also the discipline element. Mm -hmm. So you yeah, have yeah. you have the side where you get to step into greater things. Yeah. You know, another example would be my kids fly with me somewhere. Like, hey, guess what? We get to go into the lounge. Mm -hmm. Why? Not because of your miles, not because of your status, because of mine. So yeah. you're with me, and yeah. you get to go have the nice food. You get to go have yeah. the shower when you're on the layover in yeah, the airport. Yeah. You get to go sit down and lay down on a comfy bed mm -hmm. when everybody else is sitting in those horrible airport chairs. <laughs> you get all this. So I, there's that element. Yeah. Like you get to step into things you never could on your own. Yeah. Way beyond when you could. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, there's the discipline element where biblically, mm -hmm. you know, if we don't discipline our kids, they become the King James version says bastards in mm -hmm. Hebrews. Yeah. So yeah. which is basically an orphan, a kid yeah. like that lives without parents. 
So yeah. I think you get that element as well, where it's yeah. like you learn mm -hmm. where the boundaries are, where they're not. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it's true. my little guy, he loves to punch me. So he's always punching me in the stomach. <laughs> and we're always wrestling and we're yeah. always messing around. But this is where he learns, hey, you don't, that's not where you punch. Yeah. Ouch, that yeah. hurt, daddy. Yeah. You don't punch there. You punch here. You punch here, not down there, yeah, right? Yeah. So, or you don't punch that hard when yeah. we're just playing. True. So you learn these boundaries, and that's just one example. But you also learn, like, hey, when you talk to people like that, I'm going to have you sit down over here until you're ready to talk like this, and mm -hmm. let's work this out. We're not going to yell and scream. We're not going to attack. We're not yeah. going to just punch. We're actually going to work this out because this doesn't solve the problem. This creates more problems. Mm -hmm. Let's actually take a break, breathe. And, and then discuss this yeah, and figure yeah. out what's going on here so you guys can work this out. Let's forgive each other if we need to. Come on, yeah. let's. But that's discipline. That's like, yeah, yeah. No, you don't just get to be wild and crazy and yeah. off the rails. And I think there's that provides a safety mm -hmm. where kids are like, oh, someone is actually going, hey, no, stop. Yeah. You don't get to do that. True, yeah. Here, let's show you how to do this. And then mm. you actually get better and better at yeah. doing this rather than, you know, kids that have no parents, kids that struggle with this stuff is like, man, they're out in society like, oh, we're mad. Let's yeah. throw rocks through the windows. Wow, yeah. let's just go steal stuff. Oh, we're, we're trying to pay you back for what? Yeah. Like, wait, you have no self-discipline at all. You don't yeah. know where the boundaries are at all. There was never a dad there to go, you don't get to do that. Yeah. You, you, or you're going to have a little time out. You're going to yeah, sit down. Really. Like, you don't get to do that. So I think there's, you get to go into mm. things way sooner yeah. way faster maybe you would never even get there you get to step into stuff way beyond your years mm. but you also get prevented yeah. from stepping into things you shouldn't you get to step into things that are awesome yeah and you get protected from things that aren't and yeah. i think that's what happens is like you without a father figure without mm. parents you you have to try to figure all this out on your own. So That's it true. takes you longer to step into the things that you are here to step into and figure them out on your own and learn them. Yeah. And you don't know where the, the lines are. So you just go. So you end up doing more crazy stuff mm -hmm. and not stepping into who you actually are, where mm -hmm. just a family will will pull you into where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Give you that momentum yeah. and also give you the limits. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. And that's kind of kind of tying into the next question is like, you know, like, what is it? Why is it so important, you know, as a father and even a mother to address, you know, your personal childhood trauma? You know, um, I see a lot of people like just pass on trauma, yes. like like a baton you yes. know, through their generations. Yes. And, and it's just it, it creates, you know, a lot of issues within marriages and, and the kids grow up seeing that and then they, they take it in unknowingly yeah. and then then they grow up and then yeah. they raise their kids like that. And yeah. It becomes a cycle. Um, so why is it important? And then how how can somebody, you know, actually be like, uh, like, I have something that I need to address. Like, how can I start moving in the direction of addressing that so my kids don't have to deal with it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's absolutely important. You know, I, I look back and I, I ran into a guy at our church named Danny Silk, mm -hmm. who, who we read all his books. He taught us. He's like a father to me now. I I get the privilege to know him and and pull from his life. Mm -hmm. But I look back, I'm like, man, if I didn't have him helping me become whole, I would have just 
passed on. I would have been a horrible parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, I would have jacked my kids up. So obviously I think it's super important to do that because we do. Like part of part of that is we want our kids to step into things they never could. But if I'm limited by my pain, my wounding, then I actually I can't help them there. I'll limit them as well. Mm. I'll keep them. You know, yeah, we don't we don't want what happened to us to happen through us yeah. when it comes to pain. We want what God did in True. us to happen through us to our kids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. it's absolutely important. I think practically, you know, it's finding books mm. or finding a mentor and saying, hey, what does it take to learn from you? Hey, how do I ask you questions how do i get teach me this what can i read what can i learn what can i grow in or what you know sometimes it's as simple as like like with danny silk i think the one thing that impacted me the most was like he was he said it's not our job to control people Mm. right so the one lie most people believe as parents is that you can control other people and other people can control you and it's like Mm. wait that's just a lie but if you believe that in a family it's like well my parents controlled me so now i'm going to control you so i'm going to force you to make the right decisions i'm going to punish you if you make the bad ones i'm not going to let you learn by making poor choices and having a consequence i'm going to either stop you from making a poor choice or punish you when you do rather than hey it's totally fine you can you can make that choice here's what it means Mm -hmm. here's an example my kid um has had dental problems like Mm -hmm. he we thought he was brushing his teeth really good and he Mm -hmm. wasn't brushing his teeth that good (laughs) had had some cavities like oh man we weren't we weren't watching out for you like yeah yeah. like we should but so you know we'll get at nighttime and i'll say buddy time to brush and floss your teeth he's like man i don't want to and Mm -hmm. i'll say cool you don't have to brush your teeth why why i'm not trying to control him yeah now, if he doesn't brush his teeth, it costs me a lot of money, right? <laughs> so I want him to brush his teeth. For sure, yeah. And I want him to have healthy teeth. I don't want to just protect my money. I want, yeah, to, yeah. I want, to, I want to protect his teeth as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm saying, okay, buddy, let me ask you a question. So instead of me saying, you have to brush your teeth, rah, 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 and this is all control. So usually it boils down to a control issue mm-hmm. that we need healed, mm-hmm. right? So childhood trauma. I, my whole life was out of control. I'm, I'm in so much pain. My parents hurt me. I'm out of control. So what do I do? I try to control everything, mm. right? So that's typically yeah. what, how, how it plays out. So in my life, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to control my kid. I know it's a lie. So I'll say, I'll say, cool, buddy, you don't have to brush your teeth, but mm-hmm. let me ask you, do you enjoy going to the dentist? He's like, no, I hate it. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Do you like when they have to clean your teeth really hard he's like mm-hmm. no do you like when they have to do the special like fillings in your cavities like no right and now he's convincing himself like i should brush my teeth mm-hmm. i should floss my teeth because it's horrible yeah, when i don't, I don't right mm-hmm. but i'm not having to control him i'm not mm. having to force him i'm not having to tell him i'm yeah. telling him like hey it's time to brush your teeth and but i'm asking him questions i'm forcing him to think and so all of that is now ha- i'm just trying to circle back a little mm-hmm. bit had I not discovered, like, wow, Seth, your life was pretty out of control because your dad left, people made decisions that affected you, you felt all alone, you're totally out of control, so you try to control everything else, mm-hmm. but you don't control you, you control everything else, right? And then had I brought that into my 
parenting mm. without discovering that along the way from Danny and from other people. Like if I had, if I had brought that one lie that yeah. was communicated to me mm. that I believed as a kid into this, it's like, dude, my kid would be so hurt by me Yeah. rather than him going, I need to go brush my teeth. I want to floss my teeth mm. because I hate the dentist. I mm. hate going there. I hate that. Yeah. He's not thinking about how much money it costs me. Yeah. He's not thinking about, he's just thinking if I make this choice, it's, it's going to be bad. So mm. I'll make a good choice and it'll be good for me. Right. Yeah. So all that to say, I think that's just one example. I'm trying to give practical examples too. Yeah. Like yeah, no, this is good. my pain was caused by being controlled and my, and me trying to control everything mm. because my world was so out of control. Yeah. Getting that, getting free from that means I'm not controlling my kids. I'm not bringing that, passing that trauma mm-hmm. down. I'm not, I'm not doing his thinking for him. I'm not forcing him to do stuff. I'm yeah. challenging where he's at so he can step into it on his own and go, I'm going to brush my teeth, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that makes sense. No, I think no, it does, it's yeah. super important to get our stuff healed because otherwise it, we just pass it on. One of the things to get healed is that whole, is your life out of control? Are you trying to control everything? Are you trying to control your kids? It's mm-hmm. totally a lie. You can, you know, and in our context with God, with what we believe, it's yeah. like, you know, the Holy Spirit gives us the fruit of self-control. Yeah. So if I'm... If I feel out of control and like God's controlling me, everyone's controlling me, everyone's decisions affect me and control me, and I got no say in any of this, I'm totally out of control. If I translate that into my kids, I'm violating what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their life because he's Mm. not trying to give them parent control. He's trying to give them self-control. He's not giving me society control, past wounding control, Mm. letting your past wounds control you and decide how you live. He's trying to set me free so I can control myself and then help me raise kids that control themselves. And so practically, I think, find people who have healed from their stuff Mm -hmm. you know danny silk for me is a great example horrible childhood years of pain Mm. and gets out of it and has healthy ministry healthy family i know his kids i know his wife i'm like oh you're you're actually someone i want to be like yeah and i know where you came from how'd Mm. you get there you went from here to there. How'd you get there? Mm. Do you have a book I can read? Do you have, so that's yeah. where I'm like, do you have a podcast? Let me just absorb yeah, as much yeah. as I can. Let me try to get to know you. Let me see what I can learn and then move into that. But for me, mm. he was a huge factor in that. Yeah. And that was a huge part of it was, hey, your life was out of control. So you tried to control. Yeah. If that translates into your kids, all you're going to do is have kids that can't think for themselves. Yeah. Are, are scared. They need you to tell them what to do all the time, and they do everything to avoid punishment, to mm-hmm. avoid your controlling. Yeah. So it's not a good way to live, too. No. So throwing that in there a little bit, yeah, I think. Yeah. Those are. Yeah. yeah. Some ways to get some help. Yeah, in no, that area. That that helps a lot, and I know, like, especially you know, if you weren't to do that, you're robbing your kid of the opportunity to learn self-control. Yeah. And then they grow up and then they're an adult in society and they don't have that self-control. Yes, um, for sure. So, yeah. And there's one thing I heard you say at an event once, you were talking about the difference between living in love and fear. There's yeah. two options and it's one or the other. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, that's, you know, the Bible says perfect love casts out fear mm-hmm. and fear involves punishment. So 
a lot of times as parents, we don't realize where we're actually operating in fear. I was totally just thinking about this this morning. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in a grocery store with my kids and they're being super loud mm-hmm. and crazy, pulling stuff off the shelves, crying, throwing themselves on the floor because they want some candy or mm-hmm. something, right? A lot of times parents are so afraid of what other people think about them, that's when they almost attack their kids. Yeah. They attack with control. Get in that cart. Mm-hmm. You keep doing this. I'm going to take you outside. Yeah. You know, they say all the threats. They mm-hmm. pull all these threats. They say all this stuff. They they scare their kids. So now they're, they're making their kids afraid of them mm-hmm. because they're afraid of what other people think of them, mm-hmm. right? So that's just one way yeah. it plays out. Now, if we look anywhere you can go oh yeah i did that because i was afraid like usually i get if i get angry it's because i was afraid of something you know my kids my boys are fighting i get angry i'm like oh hey dad was afraid mm-hmm. you know you go all the way down to the, the core and you're like oh i'm afraid my boys aren't going to like each other i'm afraid mm-hmm. my boys are going to grow up and not want to be yeah friends even though they're brothers like oh i I'm afraid this behavior is not good for them and their relationship. So what am I doing now? I'm stepping in with anger, trying mm. to control them and yeah, all that. Yeah. So I think fear, you know, we have to look at like, I'm doing this in the grocery store, controlling them, forcing them to get in the cart, forcing them to be quiet, threatening them with all the threats mm-hmm. because I'm afraid. So I'm using fear on them rather than going, you know what? Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to get, I don't care what other people think, mm-hmm. whatever. They're all strangers anyway. So I don't, yeah. I don't really care what they think. I love you. I want what's best for you. So you know what? I'll let you scream on the floor for a second. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, Hey, you know, I, I don't actually give candy to kids who scream at me for it. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you want a chance to get your candy back, mm-hmm. I'd love to give you that chance. You can get in the cart. You can be quiet. You can stop grabbing stuff off the shelves. If you do that, mm-hmm. then we can talk about whether I'm going to let you have that or not. Right now, it's a no mm-hmm. because you're yelling at me. Yeah. Don't give stuff. Do you like to give stuff to people who yell at you? No. Do you like to mm-hmm. give stuff to people who try to force you? No. Cool. So I'll let you have your tantrum. I'll let you calm down. Then I'll have a conversation about it, get you in yeah. the cart, and, and I'll present mm. what was taken away. You got to know. No, you can't have the candy. I'll present it as you can get it back, but here's what I need in order to do that. So yeah, all yeah. that to say, now what am I doing? I'm operating in love. Yeah. I love you. I want what's best for you. Not I'm afraid of what they think, so yeah. I'm going to make you afraid of me so that you behave. Mm. And I threatened you all over the place to get it. No, no. Yeah. I'm going to let you do this. I just have a consequence ready yeah. for you so that. I can operate in love. Hopefully that's a practical enough example where sometimes yeah, we good. don't even realize like, wow, what I just did there was because of fear. Yeah. It wasn't love. Mm. It was fear versus, oh, I, I let you scream because I don't, I don't really care what they think. I'm not afraid of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to be embarrassed. I'm yeah. not afraid of what they're going to think. So I can now parent you from love instead of my fear. That's good. And, and what are the, like, the long-term effects of operating as a parent from fear consistently? Like, I know nothing good comes from operating from fear. You know, you don't really think clearly. And I know some parents that operate from fear, they kind of, like, when they, when they punish their kid, they, they kind of overdo it. Yeah. Um, but what are the, like, the long-term effects as far as the relationship between the, the parent and kid um, when you're always operating out of fear? Yeah. Well, usually fear and control go hand-in-hand. Hand. So if I'm afraid 
you're going to make a bad choice. If I'm afraid something bad's going to happen to you, if I'm afraid of whatever, I'll control you mm-hmm. so that you do the right thing so that I feel safe. Usually those kids grow up and they don't want their parents to influence them, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think long-term, what do I want? I want my daughter when she's 17 to call me up and go, hey, dad, there's this guy I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Can I talk to you about him? Can mm-hmm. I... Can I introduce you to him? Can I have you check him out and, and yeah. talk to him? And what is she doing? She's going, Dad, I want you to influence me. Mm. I want my kid to call me, my son, and go, Dad, I'm thinking about going. I got these three colleges I'm thinking about going to. Mm-hmm. Can I run them by you? Can I talk to you? Dad, I'm thinking about buying yeah. this car. This one's $80,000. Like, well, how much do you make, son? Well, yeah. wh- what's your plan to pay for that? You know, I, I want them to call me and go, can you influence my life? Yeah. Because then we have this, if they're allowing you, inviting you to influence, that's a really good sign that they trust you. Yeah. If they're not, it's probably because they think you're going to control them and force them to make the right decision. And that's Mm. a sign they don't trust you. So I think long term, it builds a relationship on trust. Go back to the grocery store. When I'm out of control, my, my dad's going to stay in control. My mom's going to stay in control. We're going to have a conversation. They're going to help me get out of this. Yeah. I'm going to sit back down. I got my candy because yeah. I changed what I was doing, and I decided to do that. My dad totally empowered me to mm. think for myself and figure this out. What does that do? It builds trust. It builds yeah. connection. And then yeah. they're going, you know what? Hey, how do I go into this place? You know, you're working at a job and you don't like it. Well, you don't fall on the floor and yell at everybody yeah. and run out. Like if you do that... Yeah, you're you're probably gonna lose your job. <laughs> but I taught yeah, you that yeah. in the grocery store, right? That's true. I taught you that in the grocery store over yeah. and over. And now you're in a work environment, and you're you're not just storming out. You're actually like, you know what? Actually, let me think. Let me calm down. Let me ask questions. Let me talk about this. Let me figure this out. So I think you're preparing them for a healthy adulthood, yeah. but you're also establishing a relationship that they trust you and they yeah. want you to speak into their life because they don't think you're gonna. Yeah. force them and control them yeah you know i don't want my kids true. to go i can't call dad because he's just gonna tell me what to do yeah. i know what he's already gonna say i'm not even gonna call him i'm just gonna do what i want to do anyway because yeah. i know what he's right like oh that all comes from the grocery store moments yeah. where true. we build a relationship built on trust not that's true yeah you know it's love and trust not fear and yeah. distrust that's true and i remember one time in our event you said um that uh you know as as babies we cry and yell for things when yeah. we're hungry or when we're upset and then toddlers you do the same and and then a lot of adults grow up not learning how to communicate those feelings differently yes. so they do it the same way obviously in an adult version and yep. i thought that was because i've seen that in my life i've seen people act out like super like 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 it's almost like that's how is that okay with you like i'm always yeah. like thinking like who raised you yeah to do that you're um, like a two-year-old yeah in literally yeah. 30 year old body exactly yeah, yeah. and i and it's crazy when you said that it made a lot of sense to me kind of like connected the dots um for me and especially when because my mom was like my mom uh when she was she was catholic at first and she was very like fear-based as a parent Um, but then when she found jesus she like changed like she was uh, fully operating out of love but but unfortunately i was a kid while she was a catholic and she didn't do that until i was in high school so the damage was kind of already done yeah um, but because of that, I, I've always found myself, I was, when I was doing bad things, I was at a party and like, I was at a party and, and, um, I had like, I, I was smoking weed. So I forgot that I left my keys in the car oh, man. and then my key and I'm like far, I'm like 40 minutes away from home. My parents think I'm at my job yep. and, um, 
like my my keys get locked and and I'm trying to get like my car keys and I so I can get home and stuff and I was like I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do and I I, I was asking my friends at the party like hey and then none of them cared none of them were like hey yeah. bro just take the L yeah just call your you know like call your parents and just get in trouble and I I, I couldn't for me that was not an option I was yeah. like, I'm not calling my parents because yeah. I was I was afraid yeah that they were that that they were not gonna like really I knew that I was gonna get out of the situation but they weren't gonna act well or like yeah. they weren't gonna be okay with it yeah um, and I was afraid that I was gonna be punished um, like but just totally. you know, at an extreme level. So I didn't have that trust with my parents. And yeah. that's something I've always wanted with my kids. I want my kid to know that if he's at a party and people are drinking and something happens that he can call me. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, my dad's going to yeah. like, help me out. Yeah. I may not agree with your choice, yeah, exactly. but I'm here for you. I'm going to help you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and then, it, and then because they trust you to call you, then whenever, you know, you talk about it, you're like, Hey, this is why you shouldn't be doing this. And then yeah. now they're, you know, you, like you were saying, yeah. Now he's going, you're like, well, drinking and smoking weed at a party, mm-hmm. not paying attention to my keys, yeah. not a good plan. Exactly, but you're t- yeah. you're convincing yourself. Exactly. The yeah. lecture you're lecturing yourself, yeah. teaching yourself, rather than yeah. them yeah, having exactly. to force force you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's wow. one thing too. A lot of parents like overdo it, where then it's like then the kids don't want to hear. Like, exactly. I already know this. Um, but yeah, no, that's a big thing that I've noticed, and that's something I've always wanted with my kids when I whenever I decide to have kids. Yeah. Um, that. I, I want that relationship with them. I want to be able to have that relationship where they can trust me. Yes. And we, can, we can talk to each other. Um, it's yeah, huge. It's, so it's a big thing. It's that big goes thing. into like the fear. So, you know, in our world as Christians, fear of God mm. is kind of misunderstood a lot. Mm. What is the fear of God? A lot of people think the fear of God is if I do, if I sin, mm-hmm. I'm afraid God's going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Or if I, if I, I avoid sin yeah. because I'm afraid I'll get hurt by him. Or if I do sin, I'm afraid to go to him mm. because he's going to hurt me. Yeah. Right. But the true fear of God, which this translates into our families, our parenting, yeah. is like I don't want my kids to go, you know what, probably shouldn't smoke weed and drink at the party mm-hmm. when I'm 16 and just go off the rails. I probably shouldn't do that. I don't want them yeah. to think my dad's going to hurt me if I call him. Yeah. I want them to think I'm going to hurt my dad. Mm. So it's a different perspective. And my yeah. dad's going to help me. I, yeah. I'm afraid to go. I'm afraid to stay away from him. Not afraid to go to. In your context, yeah. you were afraid to go to them. Yeah. Because of what might happen, right? Yeah. I don't want them afraid to come to me. I want them afraid to stay away. Yeah. I yeah. want them to be at the party going, no one else is going to help me. Yeah. I'm afraid not to call my parents. I need to call my parents because yeah. they're going to be there for me. They're going to talk me through this. They're going to help yeah. me figure this out. They'll even drive over here and get me if they need to. Yeah. That's fear. That's the real fear that we want. Yeah, I yeah. want them afraid to stay away from me, not afraid to come to me. Mm, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. And that's kind of like going into the next thing of like, how do you, how do you discipline your kids? Um, so you're, you know, they're still being brought up well, yeah. but without, you know, yeah. being operating out of fear. I remember you talking about there's a difference between discipline and punishment. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yep, totally. So for one example that we use a lot, we use it all the time, is the no fun chair. So the mm-hmm. boys will be yelling at each other. I'm like, hey, guys, grab a seat in the no fun chair. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, as soon as you're ready to talk like this and work this out, mm-hmm. you can come out. So the other element, the other a punishment version of that that's discipline i'm actually interrupting what you're doing mm-hmm. i'm setting a boundary you don't get to just scream at each other and punch each other i'm setting a boundary i'm 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 giving you a chance to calm down but i'm also letting it be that when you actually repent and mm-hmm. change when you change what you're thinking to change what you're doing yeah 
you're welcome to come out whenever you want, whether it's 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. A punishment version of that would be, hey, you're yelling at your brother, go sit in the chair for 20 minutes. Well, what if you change after one minute, mm. right? You're like, okay, you know what? I'm calm. I'm good. I want to talk through this. I was mad at you because you hurt me because you took my toy. I want to talk through it. I'm ready to change. And dad's like, you still got 19 minutes. Get back in the chair. Mm. And now you're sitting there for 10 more minutes. You're like, dude, I'm so ready to change. Dad's like, no, you still got nine minutes. Get back in the chair, mm. right? So that's, I'm, I'm forcing you, no matter when you're ready to change, I'm not allowing you to change. Mm. I'm making you pay the time. It's similar in the school, in the classroom. You talk in class, you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. All the kids go to recess. You're like, I will not talk in class. I will yeah. not talk <laughs> in class, right? You know, if you're ready to change after you wrote that five times, the teacher's not going to let you change. You mm -hmm. still have to write 195 more times or whatever. Like, you got 200 times to write that. Yeah. Keep writing. But by the time you get done, you're like, I hate my teacher. I hate this school. So what happens with punishment is I'm forcing mm. you to do the time, Yeah. not looking for you to change. Mm. Right? So what can happen with punishment then is yeah. maybe you were willing to change. Yeah. 10 minutes ago but i wouldn't let you mm. act on that because i'm punishing you for what you did mm. eventually the heart gets worse right yeah. so in the, in the context of the school that kid hates the teacher yeah so now can he learn from her ever no. again he hates the school does he want to come yeah no he wants to see his friends but that's it yeah. he doesn't want to learn from anyone now that's true. so now he's struggling to learn why because he was punished not yeah. disciplined mm. where it's like hey you know what buddy grab a seat um when you and your friend are ready to talk and we can talk like this let's talk and then you yeah. get in there you solve the problem you figure out all right go have fun at recess right yeah now i disciplined you i didn't punish you i i looked for a change of heart i looked for a change of behavior i mm -hmm. looked for a change in thinking so that you yeah. actually come out of this thing and you go wow as soon as i'm ready to adjust i'm good so i, I that's a practical example the no yeah. fun chair is different than a timeout timeouts like you hit your brother 20 minutes yeah right no fun chairs hey you hit your brother grab a seat when you're ready to talk about this, like this, yeah, let's go. Let's figure it out. Let's work on it. We could sit there for one minute, and they're like, okay. Mm. Now, now they're back. They're yeah. they're together. They're playing. I didn't punish them, and but I'm not creating an environment too, just like the teacher. Yeah, I can't learn from that teacher because I hate her now. A lot of kids make these inner vows where they're like, I'll never do this to my kid. When I'm older, I'll never do this to my kid. I'll never make my kids. And so now what happens is either that kid grows up. Hopefully I'm not rabbit trailing too much. Yeah, you're good. Either that kid grows up and they're like, I'll never do that to my kids. So what do they do? They, they, they don't even set boundaries. Mm -hmm. They don't even discipline That's at all. True, yeah. Right. So they're like, they're reacting to what happened to them because they're not healed. So they're going, yeah. instead of me putting my kids in timeout. I hated my dad for that. I don't want my kids to hate me because mm -hmm. I'm afraid that my kids are going to hate me because yeah. I hated my dad. So I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to discipline you at all. Mm. I'm so afraid to punish you. I'm not going to discipline you. And now the kids run all over and they're chaotic and crazy. Yeah. They're like, oh, now we have chaos everywhere in the house, and we wonder yeah. why it's so crazy. You're afraid to discipline because you're afraid to punish, and you mm. don't know how to discipline. Where, where, if I can go, you know what? I hated I hated that. I hated that. That was horrible. I sat in that chair 20 minutes when I was ready to change at two. Yeah. 
how can I how can I actually discipline my kids where they go, oh, I have boundaries. I don't get to just be crazy. I don't get to be chaotic. I don't get to punch people. I don't get to scream at people. Yeah. There's boundaries for my life. But as soon as I'm ready to change and actually work on it, I get to come out. Mm. So that, it prevents, I think it can prevent what I are called inner vows. Like, yeah. I hate what my parents did to me. I'll never do that to them. Well, yeah, you just yeah. made a vow. And so now you're going to react to that your whole life mm. unless you get healed, unless you break that vow. Whereas going, wow, I want my kids to go, you know what? Thanks. Thanks for separating us so we didn't punch each other in the face yeah. over and over. Thanks for separating us. Thanks for requiring us to talk through it. Thanks for requiring yeah. us to work through stuff. You've just empowered us in our lives to not mm. scream and yell and freak out. We actually can talk about it. Mm. And so that's an example. The no fun share and giving your kids an opportunity to change what they're thinking and yeah. doing right aw- whenever they want, that's huge. Versus yeah. go stand in the corner, go sit in that chair, you have a certain amount of time. You're looking for a heart change, not just do the time. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully, no, that's really I mean, good. I have a lot of examples, but that's probably the easiest yeah. one where yeah, you no, can see the difference. That's really good. And it's crazy how this, there, I mean, I'm, we're human beings, so there's so much, like, especially when you're a kid, your brain is so, like, malleable. Yes. And there's a lot of psychological factors that are that are occurring during things like this. Oh, and yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't take into account. Like totally. You're, you're setting brain patterns, like, from a young age that are going to affect them and their yes. relationships. Um, you may crazy. have the right behavior, yeah. but what's happening under the surface is mm-hmm. much worse. Yeah. When you could almost allow the behavior yeah. and figure out what's under the surface to later change it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, a way, I feel like it's not, I've never heard of that before I've met you. Like I've never heard of things like that um, to raise kids. And, and, and it's so weird because as you say this, like I think of like the way I was raised and I can see the patterns on why I do what I do with my wife or why I do what I do with like my friends or yeah. even with authority sometimes yeah. um, because of that. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. And another thing too that I that I feel like you're doing is you're you're teaching them emotional intelligence, oh, yeah. which is huge. It's probably the most important aspect of life. Yeah, and and you know, um, I heard someone I, th- I think you said this too as well is that a lot of people grow up not knowing how to use their words and how to attach feelings to words. Yeah, they don't know like they they just know angry, sad, happy, and then mad. And yeah. that's it. And then so when they feel a certain way, they they associate it with one of those. Yeah. it's usually. If they're depressed, they just maybe go to anger, yeah. like, and and that's the, the biggest thing because of the way they were raised, and nobody taught them like how to how to use words yeah. or how to, how to express it, um, and then you know in turn it just it, it becomes a bad spiral. It totally does. It's just it's crazy, and I feel like one of the things too with um with uh, with your kids, I remember you telling me a story um, about how um, your daughter was telling your your little boy that um that he that he that she hated him yeah she and, wanted a yeah. sister she yeah, never exactly wanted, yeah and um the way you handled that can you share that because yeah. I, I love the way you did that yeah so we're i'm tucking my son in bed and he's in tears i'm like buddy mm. what's happening and he's just crying saying my sister keeps telling me she doesn't want a brother she wanted a sister she doesn't want me mm-hmm. and i'm like oh man so i i comfort him help him fall asleep and then i say buddy i'm gonna I'm going to talk to her because mm-hmm. I, I don't want anyone to talk to you like this. I don't want you talking to people like this. I don't want anyone talking to you this way. I'm going to go talk to her yeah. just so you know. So mm-hmm. I let him know I'm going to take care of this. Mm-hmm. So I go to her and I said, hey, your brother's crying. And she's like, why? What's, what's happening? Mm-hmm. I said, well, he's, 
he's hurt that you have said you never wanted a brother. You don't mm. want him. And when I said it, it wasn't on purpose. It's not like I planned this out. This yeah. was not planned whatsoever. I'm, I start crying. Mm. And she's like, Daddy, what's happening? Daddy, what, why are you crying? I said, babe, it hurts me. Yeah. This hurts that you've said this, and now your words are getting into his heart. And he's falling asleep crying because of what you said. I said, babe, I would never let anyone talk to you this way. It hurt. It would hurt me if someone talked to you this way, and it hurts me when you talk to him. So it's going back to, I don't want to do this because it will hurt Dad. Yeah. Not Dad will hurt me. So I'm not yelling at her. I'm not threatening her. I'm not doing any of this. I'm saying mm. what you're doing is hurting me, and because we have a connection, a relationship, yeah. she cares, and she's. So it was it was a yeah. miraculous, basically, yeah. what happened. I mean, I just cried in front of her and mm-hmm. told her, You're, this hurts me. Mm-hmm. This hurts us as a family. Yeah. And she she never said it again. doesn't mm-hmm. mean we've never had problems. Like they, they definitely have their stuff, you know, yeah. back and forth. But we keep working on it the same way. Yeah. But when it came to, I don't want a brother, I never wanted a brother, she's never said that once yeah. since. It was like... Yeah, yeah. But you didn't have to tell her that don't say this. I never had to tell her. I said, when you say this, here's what's happening to us. Mm. Here's what's happening to me. Here's what's happening to your brother. I'm pulling on her heartstrings. I'm not just pulling. I'm not just forcing behavior. I'm pulling on her heart. And she's going, I think inside she's thinking, I don't want my words to be a source of pain Mm. for my family. What do I need to do? Now, she didn't say that out loud, but obviously something changed inside of her and she quit yeah yeah and that's that's crazy because then she also started to understand like her actions affect other people people. and the way they feel which then is emotional intelligence yeah and they're learning that from an early age yeah and it's that's and that's you know it's going to be extremely helpful for her when when she's an adult um and that's just crazy to just think how like just the way you do something can really set someone's trajectory in their life and and it's and it's it's great that's why i love what you do i love like what you and the way you go about it and i love to learn more because I'm I'm gonna have kids in the future, yeah. and I, I'm the type of person that likes to learn about things before I'm in it. So yes, I'm just prepared because I want my Especially kids. Especially kids, you yeah, need exactly. to learn before you get in it. Exactly, yeah. And um, and the <sighs> other question, and I kind of end here is, um, you know, uh, you, you parent and you're doing your best, but how do you? How do you protect your kids from the world? You know, a lot of things, we have a whole new element, which is the internet, you know, that we can't, we can't really do, you know, control it. But how do you go about it? You know, I know a lot of people are curious about that. Yeah, we, I mean, we have a few things. So I, I don't just want to protect them. Mm -hmm. I want to prepare them. That's good. So, you know, my kids, my five-year-old, we've already had conversations Mm -hmm. about bad pictures Mm -hmm. versus good pictures, right? So we... We have those conversations. We talk about it. We want this to be an open conversation. We're going to yeah. have to talk about this a hundred times, yeah. probably, because you're going to be yeah. at school. You're going to see some. My daughter's already seen a naked dude online at mm. school. My son at nine, my other son, has already been exposed to porn. So mm. we've had all these conversations. Like, this is a reality, yeah. but I've been preparing them all along the way when this happens what do you do Mm. when this happens we've been talking about it so hopefully you're safe to come and say hey here's what's going on can i tell you what's happening like i want to have the conversations early so that they know they can come talk when they need to yeah but other than you know but at the same time protection is important so preparing them having conversations talking about it is way more protecting than just locking them out of everything and at the same time um our kids 
the phones that they have mm. don't have an app store. They don't. It's called a wise phone instead mm. of a smartphone. Doesn't have an app store. Doesn't have games. It can do phone calls. It can take pictures. It can send texts. It doesn't have. It has maps. So mm. if they need to get somewhere, they can. But it doesn't have social yeah. media. It doesn't have mm. the internet. So you know they can use the internet when they're with us. Yeah. Obviously, you have my computer. You can use the internet. You use my phone. You can use the internet. But you're not just free to roam the internet yeah. as you want. And and we've prepared you as well for when you run into that stuff. So That's true. we kind of take good. the both approaches. Like, mm-hmm. how do we set you up for success so you're yeah. not being exposed to things? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm heartbroken. My son at nine yeah. was already seeing this. Yeah. Like, this is, this is not good. Mm-hmm. But we're having conversations about it. We've already had them. Yeah. So I'm like, how do I, how do I set them up so they're not being mm. exposed? to this stuff way before they're ready yeah and how do i prepare them because they probably will get exposed to stuff way like the human brain is not designed to handle yeah what we've thrown at it with the internet yeah that's why so many people are jacked up you know this is why we live we live the way we live on the farm we've had all these conversations about farm life i'm like you know how healthy this is for kids to play outside grow their own food pull weeds feed chickens collect eggs like there's something really healthy about that and we have thrown them out of that and Mm. into these virtual digital worlds that's like you're getting bombarded with yeah hundreds of ads yeah hundreds of conversations yeah like my goodness you never would have had that many (laughs) conversations in six months yeah if this was not that long ago because you had to have real conversations not texting hundreds of people you know so all that to say i think i think protecting them is super important Mm. but also preparing preparing them them because it's coming it's here you can't avoid it you know we're so we try to live in that world of like how do i embrace yeah. what the internet has brought mm-hmm. without allowing it to run rampant mm. yeah, yeah. through our lives. That's true. Yeah. And then if in you, the way you're preparing them at a young age, that way when they, when they're out there and they have the opportunity, they they they're able to control it versus hopefully, it hopefully they can make yeah, some yeah. better decisions exactly, like this. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it is, and it's, and that's a big thing that I know a lot of people have questions because you know, as when you were growing up, the internet wasn't really no. like as prominent. It was it barely now. around when I was yeah. like 10. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Oh, right. you can go on the internet. We didn't yeah, even yeah. know what that was. Yeah, and it exactly. wasn't what we have. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then when I was growing up, the internet was like b- blowing up, but we, the only thing we really had was YouTube yeah. and that was like, you know, funny videos and stuff. But even then it was not as what it is now. Like yeah. I was still playing outside and stuff. Yeah. Um, but now it's just a whole nother thing. It's, and it just keeps getting deeper yeah. and deeper with like yeah. meta and yeah. stuff like that. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's hard to like, you can't grasp that you know and then especially if you haven't like you know really fully understood it it's like it's a, it's a weird thing you can't control the internet and, and yeah. it's not even well censored either yeah so there's things Absolutely. that you know it's it's really rough and you got to understand like a lot of those companies like the porn industry is actually responsible for pushing a lot of technology forward because mm-hmm. they want to yeah. dominate it right yeah they want your money they want your addiction yeah. and so yeah understanding that like wow these people are actually that's their agenda, in, yeah. Intentionally yeah. targeting our kids yeah. so they can addict them, yeah. so they can have them for life. Yeah. And ruin, they don't care what the re- repercussions are. I'm like, oh, so I do yeah. need to protect you there to go in. You're actually after my kids. Yeah. This isn't just the internet is 
is like this place where anything can happen. It's like, oh, you're actually intentionally yeah. coming after them on purpose. So yeah. I need to protect you there. 100%, yeah, it's yeah. it's quite a wild yeah. Yeah. ride. And I, I'm like, we definitely don't have it all figured out, but we've gone, yeah. you know, we're like, how do we, how do we, I think the, the stance that we take is how do we be proactive mm. and offensive not reactive and defensive yeah right so it's like oh my son gets exposed to porn hey i'm actually ready for this Mm. as ready as i can be yeah i knew this was coming we've had these talks hey buddy remember what happens when you know so yeah i think that's 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 the best stance is is in all of this because it's going to keep evolving it's going to keep changing it's going to keep getting more and more wild i think and more you have to learn more so it's like how do i do this offensively Mm. not defense and how do i be proactive not reactive and so that's where it's like what yeah. phone do we buy them what boundaries do we put up what do we have on the tv what do we have on the computers how do we set them up for success yeah and at the same time how do we prepare them because that that world's coming yeah yeah and that's good too that you kind of like you're very like intentional about talking to your your son oh, yes. because that's a big thing um that i've actually learned from uh, my church they did like um like a how, like talking about how to parent and through like talking about things like sex and yeah. porn and all that stuff because what happens is a lot of parents they kind of see that as a weird topic and yes. they don't want to talk to their kids about it yes. so then what they do is they're unintentionally creating this atmosphere of this is a topic that we don't talk about yeah. we don't we it's it's kind of like keep it hidden so yeah. then they get into this addiction and they don't have anyone to talk about it with yeah. it feels weird to talk about it with exactly. their parents versus if you make it like a conversation then they just get comfortable and then yeah. as they grow up they always have these questions and it's not happening behind closed doors. And yeah. You're preventing somebody from becoming addicted. And that's a big issue um, within our country right now. Super huge. It's like, especially like towards men. And then, yeah. you know, that's, you know, that affects the way you treat your wife. That affects yeah. the way you treat your kids. And, yeah. and then it's just a whole, a whole nother, a whole nother spiral. And if you think about it, what's that go back to? Fear. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to have this conversation. I'm afraid to yeah. talk about sex with my kids. Yeah. I'm afraid. Sure. So I don't. Mm. And then they're afraid to talk to me. Because yeah. I was afraid to talk to them. And now you yeah. have this whole fear thing. Everyone just hides it, pretends yeah. like it's not there. Don't talk about yeah, why. Yeah. It all comes back to fear versus mm. going, no, no, I love you so much. We're going to talk about yeah, this. Yeah. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to make this feel like we're all safe to talk yeah. about it. Because if we're not safe here, you're definitely not safe out there. Yeah. But it does. It comes down to that. Oh, if I'm afraid to talk about this, mm. I create a, a place where they're afraid to talk yeah. to. That's good. That's oh, good. Man. I, I, I'm, I'm loving this conversation. I really appreciate you for allowing me to come to your house and, yeah, and just ask you these questions. Um, you could just look over to the audience and tell them where they can find you. Um, yep. and, and honestly, again, I'm, I thank you and, and really appreciate you for being here. Uh, it's not something I take for granted. So thank you. Tell them where, you can, where they can All find right. you. My website is sethdahl.com, just S-E-T-H-D-A-H-L dot com and i have a facebook group called spirit-led parenting with seth doll um also i'm working on an app called spirit-led families so pretty soon i don't know when you're watching this or listening to this but pretty soon there will be an app on the app store as well as on google play that you can get um my Spirit-Led Parents Academy, my Spirit-Led Kids Academy, my Present Parent Academy, and we're going to work on all different kinds of stuff. We're even going to do peaceful preparation where it's like how do you prepare for like having stuff to help you. So that's all going to be available on Spirit-Led Families, Mm -hmm. the app, and then 
Yeah, my website is the best place to go right now. I think for me, the age where I really start to notice communication is happening and we're really able to talk through stuff is probably four to five where you're like, all right, you're getting this. So, for example, with the emotional health stuff, our five-year-old, when he was four, we've done an emotion wheel with him, like Mm. anger, sadness, lonely, fear, uh, joy, shame, guilt. So we go through the the core emotions with him but you know so at four years old we'd come in and go buddy we felt so much joy when you were holding your friend's hand and helping her up the stairs and he cries and goes i felt shame i thought you were laughing at me and he's four going i felt shame that you guys were laughing at me and we said oh my gosh we're so sorry we were laughing because we thought it was so cute. We thought it was so awesome. Yeah. We had yeah, joy. Yeah. Not yeah. We weren't laughing yeah. at you. We were laughing with joy. But I, that's where I was like, oh, this kid at four, yeah, because no. we've kept this as a normal part, he can go, I feel mad. I feel scared. I feel lonely. Yeah. When you drop me off at school, I feel lonely. Do you feel lonely when you drop me off and you're by yourself in the car? Like, he'll ask this kind of stuff. But oh, wow. four years old is where I that's, really, that's amazing. you know, we developed that in him mm. as well. But also to watch it and go, you're getting this. You're yeah. clicking. Now, obviously, at four, five, they're still like, I feel angry, so I'm going to yell and scream and not talk. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's still a huge true, process yeah. of getting into yeah. that. But that's where, like, the no fun chair, like, hey, let's yeah. talk about this when we all sound this way. Let's that's talk true. about this when, when we're not just, we're not just going to yell. We're going to yeah. talk. Let's calm down. Let's talk. So... But yeah, four and five is where I really go. You got this. Yeah, I got this. You're understanding me, and I'm understanding you. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I think you know, with the no fun chair, yeah, there's a certain age where all of a sudden it's like your kids like, I don't want to sit in the chair. Like I'm not gonna sit here. Like so, I, that's where you can go. Hey, buddy, why don't you head to your room? I don't know if there's a certain age. I think it's different. My 11 year old, I still put her in the chair. Like, hey, babe, grab a seat. We're going to talk in just a minute. Yeah. My nine-year-old, hey, buddy, grab a seat. Have a seat in the no-fun chair. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about this, right? So they're still fine with it. I don't know, maybe 13, my daughter's going to be like, I'm not sitting in that seat or whatever. <laughs> like, cool. Oh, yeah. Hey, head to your room. I'll come check on you in a minute. Or do you, you know, that's where I would, in those contexts, I think potentially 10, 11, 12, 13, it probably depends on how the kid was raised before that, mm. of when that happens. Um, but when when it does happen and they're like, ah, sitting in a chair is for little babies. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Um, still having that to go, hey, you know what? Head to your room. Do you want me to come check on you in a little bit? See if you're ready to talk? Or do you just want to come find me when you're ready to talk? So even then, it's still going... I'm not saying you come find me if you're ready to talk. I'm saying, do you want to come find me or do you want me to come check on you? And sometimes my daughter's like, you come check on me. Mm-hmm. Like we've had this where I've had her go to her room instead of sit in the chair. But like, mm-hmm. hey, babe, how you doing? You ready to talk? Yes, daddy. So she, instead of me putting it all on her, she'll also say. So that can be helpful as well That's good. when they're older, not just to go, hey, let's talk like, when your voice sounds like mine, let's talk when you're ready. It's going, do you want me to come check on you or do you want to just come find me when you're ready? So 
Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's a specific age when it's like don't yeah. do that anymore, but it can also be, you know, and and there's some kids that are like, "Well, I'm not going to my room." It just depends. A lot of that again has to do with what happened the years before. True. But if a kid is like, "I'm not going to my room. I'm not sitting in no stupid chair." Like, "Cool. I'm going to go in the other room. I'm going to shut the door." Mm. Do you want to just let me know when you're ready to talk or do you want me to come back out in 10 minutes and check? Mm. I don't care. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll come back and check in a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe 10 minutes or so. I'll come back. But that's, there needs, sometimes in that, there needs to be a specific, like, okay, fine. Yeah. I can't force you to go to your room, but I can go to mine. Yeah. And I can, I'm not going to let you just speak to me like this. I'm not going to let you just overtake my entire life here with how you're behaving. So I'm going to go to my room. I'll be back. You let me know when you're ready. But, yeah, I don't know if there's, like, 13, yeah, 12. Kid, yeah. It could vary though. for kids. That's good, yeah.